This is After the Bell Rings, a podcast brought to you by the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois. In this series, you'll hear about what your kids are learning, how they're learning, and ideas to strengthen the school-home partnership. Here's Adam Geisen. Hello, welcome to another episode of After the Bell Rings. My name is Adam Geisen. Uh, I'm here with my two good friends, Kate Brendel and Heidi Houchins from the Guidance Department at the Triad High School. Go ahead and say hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thanks (laughs) for having us. Well, you're welcome. We're excited to have you guys back. Just a few weeks ago, we talked uh, a little bit about ACT prep and SAT prep, and you guys gave us a ton of really awesome information. So we were uh, pumped to have you guys back. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about preparing uh, for the college search and getting started with that whole process, which is funny because just a couple weeks ago, we released an episode about preparing for kindergarten. So we're kind of at both ends of the spectrum here. Today, we're talking about college. So we appreciate Appreciate you guys coming in and visiting with us today. So, Heidi, I'll let you talk about yourself. I know you guys have already introduced yourselves once on our podcast, but go ahead and remind us who you are, if you don't mind. I am a school counselor at Triad High School. I have been with the district for about 12 years now, and I've been in the counseling role for, actually, this is my full first year. Well, you've done a great job so well, far. thank you. We all appreciate it. And Kate, what about you? Um, I have been a school counselor at the high school for eight years. I... Um, have an undergraduate degree from SIUE in business and marketing, um, but then I decided that I wanted to go back and get my master's to be a school counselor, so I've been there for eight years. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for coming today. Um, obviously, the college search is a huge part of um, everybody's lives at the high school level when we start getting into junior and senior levels. We start thinking about the future and what's coming next. And it can be a major source of stress for not only students, but also parents. Uh, and so we thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of get some some helpful hints and tips and, and ways to kind of get that process started. So obviously the beginning of it is always important that that first kind of bridging the gap between just going to class and really thinking about what's next. So what is a good time to start talking about college prep and starting to look for colleges? So I know a lot of times people think junior and senior year is when that process sort of begins, but really it kind of begins much earlier. And the reason for that is, is because every class that you take, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, can basically impact your college process. So we actually recommend that even summer before you get into your freshman year that you start looking at some college websites that you may be interested in. It's a good idea to start gathering information as far as GPA is concerned, test scores that that school is looking for, and then maybe some even typical high school course patterns that the college is actually looking for. Because sometimes if we start this process junior or senior year, it's it can be too late. So even though it seems so early to start that process, it can be really useful in, as far as goals setting is concerned um, just because we really do have to plan that four-year plan um, so that the student can be successful after graduation so if we're looking at you know junior parents or even senior parents now the process it's not too late no it's definitely not too late But we're looking at if we're talking about middle school you know to really start thinking about that it it seems four years out but we need to start thinking about it at that level Um, my kids are in seventh grade 
which now that you're talking about this mm-hmm. scares the living blazes out of <laughs> me because now I got to start this process here right. pretty soon. And I, that's what I'm saying. I know in that middle school, I'm not saying that you have to sit down and you know every class and decision that you make is going to be crucial, but it's not a bad idea to set some goals. You know, that's what I always tell the middle school kids. I say, you know, find out what these schools are looking for as far as GPA because every grade that you get starting your freshman year computes into that overall GPA and that matters. So yes, I mean, it's not like you have to have, you know, a hard and um, fast decision making process as far as, you know, exactly where you want to go. But it, it is important to just kind of start setting some goals. Right. And I also have a son who's in middle school and we have already started having this conversation, but kind of from also a fun aspect. Um, we've actually started when we travel in the summers. If we are near a major college campus, we go visit it because I want him to be excited to be thinking about that's going to be his future someday. Um, I made the drastic error of taking him to Ohio State and seeing the football stadium. So now he's convinced he's going to Ohio State. So, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's fun that we're we're having those conversations right. already. Yeah, my uh, my one son plays baseball and he is convinced that he's going to be playing baseball at LSU. I'm like, hey, that is a great goal to set at sixth grade, Absolutely. seventh grade level. Even yeah. if it, that's not where he ends up, at least he's thinking about it. Uh, and I don't know about the other one. He doesn't really have much of a plan. So we got to start that conversation mm-hmm. with him. But, you know, that brings up the next sort of topic. What is it that, uh, you know, how do you really consider, how do you know which college is going to be best for you? You know, mm-hmm. it's, and, and I think this is good for kids, too, to really be thinking about, you know, what where are they going to where are they going to fit in? Right. And, it, and that is a very good thing that you obviously have to consider because it's very important because every college campus is kind of like a mini city. And I always tell kids when you go on vacation, sometimes you enjoy certain places more than others. So like Miss Houchin said, it's a really good idea to visit these campuses to see if it has that feel that you're looking for. In addition, you obviously need to see if it's something that you can afford, that it's financially, um, you know, something that your family can take on. Obviously, college can be pretty expensive. Um, Also, do they have your major? But I always tell kids, you know, sometimes we see seniors, they kind of go in trends of different schools because maybe they're friends going there, a boyfriend and girlfriend. We always try to explain, you know, we all know as adults that that's, you know, not the reason to select a school. But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, that's what they're looking for. So fit is very important. Um, Just, you know, I have a lot of kids, they visit schools and then they say, you know, this school it just felt like home. It's just exactly mm-hmm. where I, I should be. So visiting them is important. And we do allow two college visits um, that students do not get penalized for their junior and senior year. So they can take two college days to you know explore some of these campuses. Just like Ms. Houchin said, you can go in the summer. Sometimes you just don't get that overall college feel because you, the kids aren't in session. So it is a good idea to utilize those college days, the junior and senior year, so you can get a better feel for the campus i think one of the most important things about a good college that with your fit is the size and like you said i I totally agree if if you're there in the summertime and you're i mean the campus could be beautiful but if it's a sixty thousand dollar or sixty thousand student campus right in the summertime it's going to feel like a ten thousand student campus instead and and that's a totally different experience that's a totally different feeling so yeah the visit i think is is incredibly important absolutely i agree i think when you mentioned size, I think that's tremendously important to some students. Some students want that that smaller feel, and they're not going to get that at a major university, whereas others want that big-time 
you know, experience of lots of students on campus, lots of events going on. So it's really finding what personally is going to be best for you. Right. And sometimes those giant campuses can actually feel homey, even though there are Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of students there. And again, it's all kind of how how the college is laid out and how you fit in. So I think I think those visits are super important. And, you know, and seeing the amenities, I know that um, I chose to go to SLU because uh, it had a bowling alley right there on campus. Mm-hmm. I know. Isn't, yep. that, isn't that a really great reason to decide to go to a college? Uh, I chose SIUE because the dorms were new. Yeah. Right. And they gave me a scholarship. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, you know, and that's kind of how it was. The colleges I was looking at were all scholarship-wise. We're all about the same. We'll talk about money in a second because that is obviously one of the most important parts. But but I think this is, this is going to be where you're going to spend four years. So... You know, it should be a place where it's not just because it was financially, you know, um, best for your family. or It's not just because it was close to home or whatever. It's the Mm -hmm. college that it's where you're going to live and it's where you're going to be. And that's the community you're going to be in. So, you know, I think it is it's important to to find those little amenities, those little things that um, that kind of stick out at you. Absolutely. And I know for a lot of parents, I think this process just feels so overwhelming to them. So one website we always throw out there is Big Future. Um, It's affiliated with the College Board which is affiliated with SAT as well. And you could spend 15 minutes on there and gain a plethora of information in it, as far as, you know, looking up colleges and who has your major. You know, for instance, maybe you say, you know, I, I know I want to be a mechanical engineer, but I want to know every skill, school that offers that program. So you could basically type that in, you could select a state, and it would pull all those different schools that offer mechanical engineer programs. So I think for parents that feel overwhelmed, that's kind of a good place to start when I'm talking, you know, in the earlier pre-high school planning stages um, because at least you can kind of start building a map per se of you know mapping out different schools that you're at least interested in yeah that's great we're gonna have um, obviously a link to a lot of these resources on the show notes uh, but that's a great place to start so other than the big future Uh, website that I mentioned, another great place to look at is our actual Triad High School website in the student services link. Um, Within that, you will find various links that you can click on for your student as far as maps to consider. So things that you should be doing, sort of checklist, ninth grade year, 10th grade year, all the way through senior year. And these are good options for you because then you kind of have, you know, different tasks that you should be thinking about for your student and for your whole family as far as planning the college process. So I think this is a really good resource as well. All right. So let's talk about applications because applications obviously is that, you know, the jumping off point and getting started. Um, So tell us a little bit about uh, how and when students should be submitting their applications. So most applications these days, they're all submitted online. And I think for a lot of students and parents, you know, they've never, some of them have never filled out a college application, parents as well. And I think they think of it that it's going to be such a hard and daunting process. And the reality is, is many of these applications you can complete in 25 minutes. They're simply asking some demographic information. You know, usually there's a fee associated with these applications. But, you know, a lot of them you can get through in a short amount of time and it's not that hard. But I think to a lot of people they put it off because they think it's going to be such an overwhelming process and the reality is 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 it's not so 
obviously some of them you know are more in depth that require essays and things like that but a lot of them are and we typically recommend that students fill out applications first semester of their senior year um, that's really the best time to get the applications in and we usually set a deadline for our seniors as Halloween because I think that kind of sticks in their mind um, we have a lot of deadlines that are November 1st so you want to get that application in so we always tell them Halloween is kind of when you know you should get get those applications turned Shopping in for costumes and printing out applications. Absolutely. It does. It just flows together. That's how I always <laughs> imagine those. But that's a great deadline. Anytime you can set something specific like that, and it really is, I think, uniform for pretty much all colleges. If you can yes. get yours in by Halloween, you're good to go. Absolutely. And we also know that if you do apply early and you're maybe that student who isn't as strong academically, it is more favorable to the college when you get that application in early. So it does serve um, you and it, and it serves you basically um, to get that application in so you can maybe be selected a little bit sooner and, be, you know, kind of be given a priority as well. Obviously, we're talking applications. Probably one of the hardest parts of an application is going to be the essay. Uh, and as a as a former English teacher, I've looked at a fair share of, of college application essays in my day. Uh, and and you know, we there's always good tips. We've, the English department at the high school is an awesome group of people who uh, will definitely look at your essays and be able to kind of go through and add tips and tricks. So it's always good to have someone else take a look at your essay before you submit it. Um, it's also important to remember that you know when they ask you questions about yourself, because that's what you're doing. You're trying to sell yourself in a college essay. But what you want to do is make sure that you are incorporating how you're going to improve the college because the college doesn't want to just be, you know, they want kids who love a college experience and are excited about Mizzou football or whatever it is that you may put in that essay. Remember, you want to make sure that you are promoting yourself as a citizen, a person who can improve the college. And that's just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're writing those essays. Um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, that that is an important part that, that sometimes gets overlooked because, like you said, if they're waiting to the last minute because they're worried about the application process being too hard and then all of a sudden you've got this essay and you don't get to put your full effort into it and have people look at it. So take a look at that stuff early, you know, at the beginning of the year. Get those essays started uh, and talk to your English teachers. That's really the biggest suggestion. And I can say that as a former English teacher. Um, hmm to take you know take advantage of those people absolutely and the essay is definitely a critical piece of the evaluation process when we're looking at admissions I have actually sat on several mock admission committees one for U of I um, and WashU and one of the things that I think is also important that parents know is it, it's not just GPA that the college is looking for it's not just a test score um, they are looking it's it's usually a very holistic process where we're looking at all of those things we're looking at the test score we're looking at the GPA but we're also looking at you know recommendation letters that the students has received we're looking at what have they been involved in and not only I think it's important that it's not how many clubs is your student involved in but what leadership roles have they been involved in um, colleges really take that that's a huge piece that they're looking for so it's not that we want to put ourselves in every club but we want to show that we have those leadership skills and so it just keep in mind it's it is a holistic process when these colleges are eva evaluating these students and I think the more people discuss about, you know, whether or not the test scores are really the, you know, end all be all of your application process. I, and I think that's becoming less and less and less. Absolutely. A big part of it. Um, so, yeah, get active, get people to look at your essays, get lots of great recommendations. Again, I know teachers will write your recommendations. So do not be afraid to ask. Uh, that's always an important part. So last topic we're going to get on before we uh, before we end this episode. Let's talk money. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is the most overwhelming <laughs> yeah. part of Awkward the college pause. application <laughs> right. process, I think. <laughs> I totally agree. So there are several things to think about when you're looking at paying for college. The first is what we call the FAFSA. And a lot of people I don't think really comprehend what this actually is. The FAFSA stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. This is an application that every student should fill out. It does not matter your family's financial background or financial status, you should still fill it out. So you know what you are looking at, how much your family is expected to contribute, um, what type of free money that you may be eligible mm -hmm. for through grants, um, which are basically loans that you don't have to pay back, whereas the loans you're going to have to pay back and it's going to be at a, um, a percentage rate is going to be added onto it as well, which can, can lead to, I know, some, um, some stress for both families and students. And I was just gonna say, Heidi, it's really important with the FAFSA as well. A lot of schools, if you don't have that FAFSA on file and you are eligible for an automatic scholarship um, based on your test scores or your GPA, they won't allow that award. So that's like what Ms. Houchin says, it's important regardless of your financial situation, it has to be on file or the, the college will not award you um, some of those scholarships sometimes. There's a deadline on that too, right? Absolutely, we recommend um, you can start filing the FAFSA by October 1st, is when, or October 1st is when you can actually start filing the FAFSA. This is a little bit different than years past. This was a, a newer change. And to file your FAFSA, you need to remember that you need to have your previous year's tax information available. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. I know. <laughs> they sure make it easy, don't they? They do. <laughs> and I always tell parents, I am not a FAFSA guru. Uh -huh. I'm very honest about that. Right. Um, it is something that I'm still, still learning about. But thankfully, the state of Illinois actually provides um, some help with that. There's a oh, organization called ISAC, or the Illinois Student Assistance Corps. And what they've done is essentially taken recent college graduates and they train them intensively on the FAFSA process. <clears throat> and you can actually contact one, each, each region has their own representative, and you can contact our representative and they will actually help you fill out the FAFSA or answer any questions wow. that you have. Well, that's a great resource. And there's a lot of other community resources. You can attend workshops that you will sit down, maybe at local libraries, um, college campuses, different, they have these places as well, where you can sit down, bring your information in, and actually fill the FAFSA Absolutely. out in a workshop setting as well. So That's just kind of be looking for those if that process seems overwhelming right. to you. So we've got, uh, we're going to have links obviously to uh, a lot of this information on uh, our show notes. And and like Kate said before, the uh, high school website, you guys in the guidance office have done an awesome job of populating that thing with tons and tons of resources, including a pretty great scholarship list, right? Yes. One of my um, tasks at the office is I am the scholarship coordinator for Triad. So what we've done is essentially created a kind of triad specific database of scholarships. So you can go to our student services page and it is linked to my scholarship um, spreadsheet. And what I've done is I've taken all the scholarships that get sent to me and I've organized them by month that they are due. So you can start looking at in August, what can I apply for? In September, what can I apply for? And so I have the due dates, I have the eligibility requirements, you know, do you need to have a 3.0? Do you need to have performed X number of community service hours? Then I also have on there where you can get the application. I try to link it to the website if it's an online application. If not, I provide copies 
in the guidance office and our scholarship filing cabinet. So that's awesome. Again, uh, anytime you can get those types of things organized and easy to uh, to sort, that is that's the best. Because I remember from those days trying to find scholarships. My guidance department was not as organized as you guys, so you and, guys are doing and great And there job. is a lot of free money out there, and it's not just for you know kids who are doing academically well. I mean, there's lots of scholarships out there if you're left-handed or if you're a twin or different, you know, lots of different reasons. It's just you have to have time to put the research right. in. Yes. So for all you left-handed twins out there, <laughs> make sure you're, you don't skimp on the scholarship <laughs> research. Right, and I always tell students, you know, don't just use my spreadsheet. Go out there and look right. because there is there's so many out there I cannot possibly mm-hmm. put them all on our spreadsheet absolutely there are a lot of community uh, organizations that do even small you know even small thousand five hundred dollar scholarships can really add up yes totally. and please 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 apply for those local community scholarships right. these organizations want to give you money and I know it's going to take time and it's gonna be work and it's gonna require effort but it will pay off. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you know uh, of a community organization that is offering a scholarship and, and maybe we don't have it on the list, Heidi doesn't have access to it yet, you know, send that information on. Please. We have mm-hmm. no problem adding that stuff mm-hmm. to those lists. So. In addition to that, you know, it's really good to remember that there are a lot of institutions who award these automatic scholarships. And that's why I say it's a good idea to set those goals early. You know, in, in certain schools, if you have that certain GPA and certain test score, there is nothing else you have to do. And that scholarship after you apply is automatically awarded to your financial aid package. So you need to be looking at your institution that you're planning on attending as well because these are really great opportunities that have these actual charts that say, if you fall into this bracket, you will automatically receive, you know, four or $5,000 per year. So, you know, scholarships, they can stack upon one another. So even if you get a triad scholarship and then you get one in an institution, you know, you can keep keep applying them and getting as, as much money as you possibly can for free. That's awesome. Guys, you've given us some great, great resources today. Uh, it's been fun to hang out and talk and, and talk about college. And this is an exciting part of these kids' lives. Uh, and so, you know, anytime we can kind of help get make that process a little easier, I think it's going to make us all better. So, again, a couple things. Deadlines. Let's talk about deadlines again. Halloween, right? Get those applications Halloween. in by Halloween. October 1st is when you can start applying for the FAFSA. Yes. So, uh, again, let's not wait till the last minute. I know that that is um, sometimes senioritis takes over, but you know, start this as a freshman. There's no such thing as freshmanitis. Oh, maybe there is. Well. Anyway, <laughs> regardless, uh, this is great. So thank you guys again for coming in. Um, for we've got us. lots of resources. You. You're welcome. Thanks again. Uh, we've got lots of resources on the show notes. And again, remember, you can listen to us here at After the Bell Rings on uh, Spotify, on Stitcher, on uh, Google Play Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you like to get your podcasts. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to After the Bell Rings. Our mission is to strengthen the school-home partnership. For show notes, to contact us, and for more information, visit afterthebellrings.org.